0: Let's start off with a prayer. Oh Sahana, Vapatu. Sahana, Hana, Huna,
1: Sahavi, Sahavi, Rim Kerbah, Vina, Tamas, Oh. Shanti,
0: shanti, shanti. welcome everyone so today's icebreaker and I I really can't uh, understand how this serendipity works okay and we are reading this chapter uh, in Swami D's book about uh, you know the different uh, gunas and all that. And uh, yesterday in the Vishnu Sahasranama class, the person talked about uh, a particular set of namas about uh, Vishnu, which kind of correlates very well with it. So I'm going to, I'm going to uh, try to explain what he explained, because he explained it so well. I really enjoyed it. I was just maybe two inches above my chair when I listened to the, his explanation. But, you know, I have to be grounded because I don't know how well to explain what he said. So there is one uh, shloka which goes like this. That's what it says. So in that, the
2: first,
0: uh, you know, that sloka has multiple names. And each name uh, has a meaning, like, you know, what we've been, you know, discussing, right? So I'm going to talk to you about the two uh, names, Avartanaha, which is the first one, and Nivrutatma. The Nivrutatma these are the two names, right? So, basically, avartanaha, the meaning of that word is a manager of this samsara chakra, the cycle of birth and death. Right? So, there is this man, there is a manager and he's that, you know, who's looking at this entire leela, the, the play, the divine play, which is caused because of the maya is what we talk about, or prakriti is what we learned in the previous uh, um, Swami Swamidhi's uh, chapter that we read. So, He says that that entity which keeps that chakra moving okay, without being involved in the chakra is avartanaha and nivrutatma. So the first word avartanaha says that this entity is responsible for the chakra and nivrutatma says that he is responsible for it but he is not involved in it. Can you see the connection, how they make in in Vishnu Sahasranama? And I found it so powerful, okay? And the second thing, which is very important, which I think we will probably cover when we do the GD uh, today as part of our uh, uh, discussions, right? Is that, okay, so the question is, then why is he doing it? You know, what's his problem? Why does he have a problem with us, right? Okay, why can't he just let us be the way that we are? Why does he have to put us through this circle of birth and death and all that stuff? So, this person's explanation was very, very beautiful. He said the very word avartanaha means that what he's doing, he's actually not doing anything. That paramatma or that entity is not doing anything. This, this cycle, what is happening, right? The life, uh, birth, janma that is life, growth, and death. That is happening in our minds. Okay. So he says, if you need to come out of that particular change, you have to figure out and position yourself beyond the mind and say, look at it differently. So suddenly he's saying, okay, just think about a circle like this, where your mind is going around, around, around in this, but you step out of that particular circle, stand aside and look at that circle. and Then you're out of birth and death. I found it very powerful. Alright. Any questions, comments on that? Yeah,
3: Rajesh, don't you have to be an enlightened soul to come out of it and then look at it as uh, as a circle?
0: But that is the point. The point is we are already enlightened. We just don't know that. Mm. Your, your initial point on
4: serendipity, Rajesh, actually. That is, that is worth reflecting on. Huh? I mean serendipity isn't isn't that the uh, isn't that another way of saying you know manifestation of what we what we desire right
0: yeah absolutely absolutely um so, so vp what you know your point your point is well taken and like what uh, vivek is saying right the very the answer lies in your very question. You know, shouldn't it be enlightened? You know, is it a state of is it a state of mind or is it a you know a goal that we will reach? It's just a state of mind. You just have to change your mind. Do you see the difference? Well, one, if,
4: I'd, I'd add to that tradition and, and, and VP in that uh, the moment you you know the the. the rat on the treadmill uh, which is which is going the moment the rat can just look look at itself that it is on the treadmill that is mission accomplished right i mean it can keep going on the treadmill but now it knows that it's on the treadmill absolutely absolutely so enlightenment is a very big word but just the realization that you're on the treadmill is
0: yeah is a good first step yeah, absolutely. You were saying something, VP.
3: I was just saying that uh, I, I'm I'm not sure that you know this life and death circle. Um, we I I think we can intellectualize it and understand that, right? But I don't think uh, we can completely dispassionately step out of it and look at it, right? Because because if we are in that circle, we have certain duties and certain responsibilities that we have talked about many times, right? So therefore, you know, you're bound by those. So it becomes very difficult to, you know, just say that, okay, I'm going to step out of this completely and let it go on an autopilot because it's not me. Now, now as a... As somebody who's studying Vedas and getting deeper into it, you can perhaps, uh, you know, take time out of it. And and those time periods, as you get towards real realization or enlightenment, you will probably, those time periods will only get longer. But, but I, what I was trying to say is that at this stage, it's, it's very difficult to sort of conceptualize, to be able to step out of that. That's
5: all I was saying.
0: Yeah. Good point. I see Alpana raising hand and Kishore, you also raised your hand. Yeah, Alpana, go ahead. Alpana, go ahead.
6: Yeah, I was just saying that actually it's beyond mind. So you are beyond mind. So what's happening is in the mind. So the mind will not stop. Mind has duties. Let it do it. But if you, when you say you are stepping out of the circle, the mind never steps out of the circle. The mind stays in the circle doing whatever it is doing. But the realization will, will dawn that you're beyond that thing in, in reality. It's like the space. So the space in the pot. It's saying that the space in the pot will merge with the bigger space. That doesn't happen because the space is space. So so I think in the in, in the example as well. Um, what we have to notice is that the circle will keep the circle is going on like a like a movie but you're outside of that so so VP that duties will not be in conflict and it is not the time that will increase you i think what you're referring to is then the yoga path the where you quieten the mind And that period you try to elongate. But try to think of you as that you are the viewer of mind doing all of these things. And viewer is also a word we tend to think that you are seeing it. But it's not the seeing, but powering it.
3: Yeah, no, no, I get that. Uh, All I was saying is that means you are at a very high level of Jnana Yoga study or something like, you know, where you can think like that. I think, at least speaking for myself, I think it's it's very difficult to be able to move away from this circle. That's all I'm saying, right? You have to become somewhat more advanced in your studies to get to that point where you can visualize that. I think I'm
7: at the same stage. stage. I'm at the same same stage, like we. What VP is telling in many times, uh, even in our GDC, have mentioned about be the witness of your mind or see how it is playing. I am not able to uh, even know how to start doing that. What is it? What is what is the meaning of witness? What your mind is doing? Just observe as like a third party. I, I'm not able to conceptualize that at all.
5: Yeah, um, a couple of things, right? Um, One is we, um, you know, VP, you mentioned earlier that um, the enlightened state, right? So we we somehow think that it is something very different and outside of uh, where we are, right? I mean, as Rajesh pointed out, I think it's important, it's good to uh, think or, or introspect on this once again, which is, it is not something that we need to go acquire. It's already in us. We have to just uncover it, right, in, in many ways. So um, the way I'm understanding this, right, and, and in some ways experiencing the changes that are happening also is that it is not, uh, it, it is a gradation, right? Think of it not as a binary state from zero to one, but it's more like an analog, you know, you're just increasing uh, over a period of time it's a, it's a spectrum that you are going through. And at some point that spectrum or that area or range of the spectrum might be called enlightened state. But at this point, it, it, you are walking down this path and um, a, every step of the way it, it is increasing, right? So it is not something to be acquired from outside. Um, what I'm realizing is that the the peace and the calm calmness the um uh what do you call that the equanimity as it sets in and it strengthens and at some point it strengthens enough to be uh, classified as um in state um but it, you know i i don't think we should worry too much about it as as in thinking oh i'm not there yet you're already there in, in the sense that we, we are un, in the process of uncovering it, right? And so that is one thing. Um, uh, and the second part I wanted to talk about is the uh, relation in relation to mind being, uh, being the observer of the mind, right? Again, uh, what, you know, no, knowing that the knowledge is the one that's provided by Nana Yoga, right? And at some point, this is where the practice comes in. Because in meditation, as you, as you observe your mind more and more, you start to see that third party uh, or the separation between the observer and the mind. And how do you know the mind? Uh, Shanta, to your point, um, how do you know the mind? Right, The mind is known because there are thoughts in the mind. So by observing the mind, observing the thoughts, you are observing the mind. And you can start by going getting into the mind through the body because that's the most physical and the most um uh easy easy way to get in so you you observe the body and then you observe the breath you observe what is coming through the sense organs and eventually you end up in the you realize that you're already observing the mind at that point right and then be able to closely observe the thoughts because you cannot directly observe the mind but Use thoughts as a as a um, means to observe the mind, right? And and same as you keep going further down, you will you will see that the thoughts slow down, and then you will you will be observing the intellect. I mean, these are just subdivisions of the mind, right? But then you will start to see things like, um, oh, uh, did I lock the door, or did I forget to do that, or you know, reminders like that come come through those are typically thoughts raised by the intellect, right? And then you start to go beyond that too. And because that will also slow down. So one quality uh, is that um, as you observe, this actually s- slows down, right? So it, there is that quality to it, which is that as you observe the thoughts, the thoughts slow down, right? And you also observe the, the very close link between breath and thoughts. So you will end up observing all of these things in meditation. So to me, meditation goes hand in hand with knowledge.
7: Okay, yet to experience. Maybe I will get Maybe.
5: there. Yeah. It, it'll. It'll definitely. You'll uh, uh, get definitely get there.
4: I mean, uh, you know, to 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 the uh, challenge that was uh, articulated earlier, but you know, it is. These are very abstract com, uh, concepts. So, so in in, in my understanding, you know, look for practical, real life examples of how this manifests. So. Again, as Kishore was saying, the moment, it's actually at the moment we become an observer of our thoughts, that's the, that that itself is a big realization, and behavior changes. The thought passion changes, the speed of thoughts changes, the quality of thoughts changes, and then the entire world around us starts changing as a result of that. So, so, you know, could be totally wrong, but like, you know, the the enlightenment that we know of what Gautam Buddha had and other other great people have had, that is perhaps not in everybody's reach. And perhaps we shouldn't even be aspiring for that right now. But the realization that we've we've, we've learned how to, there is something to observe around what is, you know, the the, the meta-state, just getting even one on the ladder, if you get one or two rungs up, you can see from above what's happening below, uh, on at the detail level. So that's the way I'm I'm, I'm seeing this uh, this whole learning. But but I mean, uh, uh, my question that comes up again and again, and, and and Kishore's comment sparked that off again, is you know they uh, as various talks they talk about four parts to the mind. So Manu, buddhi ankar, uh, chitta I think. Um, I'm not entirely clear as to what, how they work together and where the obstructions come in, in this, and this. So, so first, Ankar is ego. And ego has a role in playing in sort of preventing this knowledge from, from manifesting or, or taking hold.
0: So any, any comments on that would be very helpful. So, uh, Vivek, we will get that, you know, but there was something in my mind, which I wanted to share with respect to the question what VP and, uh, Shanta were having, right? So I'll go back to, uh, two, two things that we learned. Okay. In, in the book, the first one, what we learned was, I think, I don't remember in which, uh, chapter of Swami D's book, if you recall, it says something like, you know, we have to do a lot of work to be, uh, uh, to be, uh, uh, to discover peace, but we are already that, right? Something, something to that effect, saying that you know, a lot of work has to be done uh, to get to peace. But you know, if you, but you are already that sort, of, uh, some sort of a thing. What he says. So basically, what he says. Uh, why I'm trying to connect that is, I think he's also in, in somewhere in the book saying that there are two two things that we always keep striving for: the pravruti and nivruti mark, right? Okay, something that we don't have. We want to do a lot of work to achieve that. something that we already have, do we actually do a lot of work to achieve that? Absolutely not, right? Okay, so uh, if you look at the yoga path that says, yoga path sort of says, okay, I need to do something to achieve something um, that I think I don't have at this point of time, okay? And the path which is the jnana yoga path says that you're already that, therefore you need to protect that, Okay, so it's it's defined in, uh, in in the last chapter of Gita by uh, I think Krishna mentioned it. Yoga Shemam Vahamiha. So basically, what Lord Krishna says, uh, like our Krishna Srinivasan said. Okay, uh, what Krishna says in the book is that uh, he says that you know if if we need to if we need to get something that we don't have, whether it could be a title, a home to buy, or whatever, right? Then we got to do a lot of work, and he defines that as yoga. Okay, but if you already have something, let's say uh, we have a million dollars in the bank, then you don't need to do anything to get million dollars. We have to protect that million dollars to remain it like a million dollars. That is Shema. Okay, so now the question is, okay, what? Where do we think we are as individuals? Whether we already have that or whether we don't have that. That is the the state of being, you know, supremely happy, enlightened consciousness being. What is that our mental state? You know, how do we define ourselves? So if we define ourselves saying that I'm already there, okay? I'm saying, I'm using the word very carefully, okay? I am defining myself at this point of time, saying that I am already that. Now, if I'm already defining myself like that, do I need to do any more work to achieve that? Answer is no. But if I define in my mind, because see, again, it's a plain, right? If I define myself saying that I am not there, then what do I? what do I need to do? I need to do something. To achieve that, and what is that something? That something is change the way that my mind is thinking. Do you see the difference in both the things?
5: Right. I mean, uh, and but this is where the the abstract nature of that comes in, right? Because the Upanishads say you you are already that, right? Tatwa Masi. I mean, if you if you look at um, Nana Yoga, it's pretty much that. I mean, you. Uh, it can be uh, those two or three Mahavakyas. I mean, no more than that. In fact, uh, the Mahavakyas are good enough to give you that knowledge, right? I am that, or Aham Brahmasmi, and others. So, but but they are very abstract, right? Uh, that that needs to be grounded in reality as to how we see it today in day to day life, um, and that's where I think the fact that you can observe it yourself. is important, right? And that observation happens only when the mind is settled and calm already to some extent, so that you can go beyond that and see what is there. And that process obviously is meditation, right, Dhyana, uh, where the mind is, the whole purpose is to slow down the mind, to still the mind, so that you can see what is beyond that, right? So, uh, because once you see that, you're convinced, that there is something beyond that. And I'm not the mind. Right. And you're also convinced that I'm not the body, because you're able to observe it. Right. So on one side, there's logic. Uh, The other side, there is this abstract uh, um, claims from the Upanishads. Then there is a little bit of logic that we apply as we learn more and more. And then the actual reality that we see, which is direct perception of that reality, right? Even if it is not the ultimate reality, at least we see that we are we are able to observe the body, we are able to observe the mind. So that is important because it grounds us and, and helps us understand the other two, right? And we start to see um, that there is something beyond this, what is that, right? It makes us curious, and that again brings us into this nice circle, right? It's a nice virtuous circle that we can be part of. But to meditate, again, to get to that uh, stage where it's not a, it's not a. I'll let me not make it look like it's something way out there. It is not, right? But just that even if we want to still the mind a little bit, we need to make sure that, um, let's say, we meditate for half an hour, and that's where. The other 23 and a half hours, uh, what we do during the other 23 and a half hours is important to get a good quality 30 minutes during meditation, right? And then what is that? Uh, uh, what, is, what is it that we do the rest of the uh, uh, 23 and a half hours? That is explained in the MRs and EMRs and the qualities that we discuss, mm. right? So all that starts to tie in together, whether it's moderation, whether it's um, getting the body ready, uh, in in a certain way, because you've got to be able to sit for thirty to forty minutes in, in without moving even a limb. So, how do you get the body ready for that? And there, there's where asanas come in. Why, wh- why do they talk about pranayama? Because breath is very intimately connected with the thoughts in the mind. So, as you slow down the breath um, using uh, a conscious effort of slowing down the breath, the thoughts also slow down inside your. Um, inside you in the subtle body so th- you start to see all these pieces fitting together and, and this is uh, and and all this is giving us that experience of being that observer because finally we are meditating and that's where the yoga path comes in but I see it as together it's not distinct this or that is how I see it um, <clears throat> and we take the best of both in in in, uh, in many ways right
6: are okay. very well explained. I just wanted to add one thing, but what you're saying is, is a difficult path for some, I'm not No, saying,
5: I, 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 I agree and, with that. Know,
6: and, and that's where I think uh, there are a few more other ways you can do it and, and then pick which one works best for everyone. So another way is, see how, what is the proof that you have eyes? It's not that you look into the mirror and see that you have eyes and hence you say you have eyes, but if you can see anything, that means you have working eyes, right? Similarly, if you can think, if there's any thought coming in, you know you have a mind, right? And then by going what, what Swami D had explained that if you're able to do anything, then it has to be powered by something because we proved there that mind is also insentient, then there has to be some power which is driving all of this. And hence, in any experience, without quietening it, also you can use to see what is making it happen. Now, when you say, I am happy, there is somebody which knows that I am happy. What is it? Right? That thought is coming in the mind that I am happy, then what is it that is leading to it? So that's another way of trying to separate different different pieces about you know like ahankar and and those things i can briefly just mention you know what vivek was asking ahankar is actually not pride ahankar is just identifying with this body and mind so i think there's one big myth that you know ahankar is uh, all about being proud and arrogant and all that it's it's not it's actually the simplest thing is because that ahankar is identifying with this body and I, mind as I, instead of I being the turiyam the or the pure consciousness that we talk about. So that has just shifted. And the actual process is just to shift it back to that con- pure consciousness, that that is what I is. And that is the last step. That is what is eventually required. That's the last one which we we'll go. And then the other three are, Actually, it's the same tool, but based upon the function, or based upon what they call as the vritti, it is defined as these four things. So when it identifies that to this mind and body, what it is doing is I am doing it, that is ahankar. When it is taking any decisions, it is the intellect. When it is providing any options based upon either the external stimulus that we get or any thought which is arising, that is the mind, and the storehouse of all the sanskaras that, that you know, that that Kishore keeps referring to, you know, which is leading to that, is the chit. Yeah, yeah go ahead, Rajesh.
0: Yeah, so... I think, uh, Alpana, you, tie, you tied it very well. And I hope, uh, Vivek, you, know, you got the answer for your question. Now, I want to go back to Kishore's favorite topic and hijack something that he may be saying it because I want to say it. I hope you're, it's okay with you, Kishore. <laughs> your favorite topic, okay. I'll go back to the definition of what Kishore shared in his presentation. Yoga means Chitta Vritti Nirodaha, right? And Chitta Vritti Nirodaha, basically, you know, now you look at it in a different definition. See, think about it this way. There should be a perfect alignment with who you truly are, and how you how you project yourself. Right now, when this perfect alignment is not there, then there's a distorted view of whatever that you experience in the world. Now, that distorted view is stored somewhere, and like what Alpana said, you know that's a memory and all that, and you know how the distortion happened is because of these four components in the mind that we have. Okay, with mano buddhic chittam ahankaram, right? And now the whole idea is chitta vritti how do you make that perfect alignment is that you got to calm your mind. And when you have to, when we say calm the mind, what we are exactly saying is the mind is, think of it like a, like a colored glass. Okay. The wow. mind is like a colored glass because wow. of these four different vrittis, modifications. Now, if you're able to figure out a way, a technique, okay, by which these four things become completely transparent without even the edges, not even the borders are visible, okay? In that glass, piece of glass. And the glass itself, you know, maybe it looks like a glass, but it is not even a glass. Then what happens is your true nature starts shining through, right? Now that is, you know, that is what, what those what those vrittis, right? It, it, I think it goes in the next, uh, uh, in the Yoga Sutras, it talks about, there are five or six different types of vrittis that uh, it talks about, right? It says things like, you know, right knowledge, wrong knowledge, sleep, uh, I don't know, <laughs> verbal delusion, for example, verbal delusion, a perfect example, Memory, yeah. word ego, right? You know, the, when you say, you know, I I have an ego, people understand it in many different ways, you know, like what Alpana, you beautifully explained, people think I am pride, I have pride, you know, or the great American dream. What does that mean? The great American dream, you know, that's a popular example people use. What does in reality mean? It's a delusion, people just don't understand it we kind of get carried away by that thing, but break it down. It finally boils down to saying that people are using a juxtaposition of words, like what I'm doing right now to communicate an idea and people interpret that in a different idea. This is all delusion. Do you see the difference? And so the meditation is that process which says, if I'm able to bring that mind to a point where I don't have any of these so-called distortions of the mirror, then, the true image of who I am shines across. That's enlightenment.
8: Yeah, actually, you know, last uh, last week I didn't attend the sessions. Of course, I listened to the uh, recording, and I think you know one doubt that I had, and what Alpna explained uh, beautifully explained that. So, which is, you know, that uh, uh, the, the first uh, the twenty uh, virtues that not virtues, twenty uh, things that you know Krishna explains. That atmanitvam and uh, anahankara. So I thought, you know, both were referring to the same. You know, so both were referring to you have pride and uh, one is I feel so happy about my achievements and so on. So because typically anahankar is what we we associate with ourselves as, you know, uh, that I I have done something and hence I am proud of that and so on. So I, I, was, I was trying to look for a difference between these two, but I think the way uh, you explain Alpana, you know, in terms of the ahankara is not about pride but it is about you know having this uh you know body mind complex only
7: thank you
9: a very short note
7: like the uh, the sanskrit word split well, i read in one of the books it helped me understand so ahankara means ahankara, i maker this the, the one that makes the concept that i am the i beautiful vivek yeah. i oh,
4: saw your hand raise up. Yes, uh, so um, I mean, manu, um, buddhi, chitta are uh, nouns, as I take it, right? I mean, there there are again objects in in the in in the sense of what we. But you know, my namesake Vivek is that also a, a noun or is that an object an adjective to describe the state of one of these four? Um,
0: is would, that a descriptive? Sorry, uh, I would think it's an adjective. It's a quality. It's a quality, yeah,
4: yeah. right? Yes. Uh, so, so <laughs> the, the, that, thats the sense I was getting as well. But then, how? How do? Uh, what can? Uh, what can the the ultimate I do? To to control ahankara. And bring out that quality, more sharply. In a way that's. So that
6: pure consciousness doesn't do anything. A is just an appearance in it because of the three gunas we, we will do it yeah. in this chapter 17. So it is actually just maya which has, so the example that I usually give is in the lake when the algae comes, the algae grows in the lake and it covers it up and the lake looks green and it appears to be like it is, it is a ground. So... Ahankar does the same thing to this body and mind. It covers the pure consciousness and shows what it is not. Like the algae covers the lake, so you can't see the lake. And it projects it to be different from a lake, like a ground. So Ahankar, it covers, it veils the pure consciousness and shows that this body-mind which is just gunas is actually the I who's the doer and the and everything
4: okay. so, so so extending that so the moment we <laughs> have knowledge this understanding of who we are ultimately or what we are um, does ankara automatically start dissolving or do, does one need to do something else to it
6: can either dissolve or it can attach to the pure consciousness okay. Both ways happen.
4: And as that one other, sorry, go ahead. As that last thing, as that happens, and the vivek buddhi starts emerging and becomes more prominent.
6: Uh, Vivek buddhi is the prerequisite for that, where you discern the the right, the um, the real, and the permanent and temporary.
0: Temporary.
6: That is at a mind level that you start doing it.
0: Okay. so vivek i can give you an analogy vivek i think we are all like storks okay a stork looks white like a like a swan but stork can't separate milk and butter if you give it a if you give it a big glass a bowl full of water plus milk mixed together a stork will drink both together okay whereas a, a swan is like a vivek okay this, which discriminates between water and milk and just take out only the water from that uh, milk from that and leave the water okay it's a mythical bird but uh, the example is beautiful i like it <laughs> sorry ajay you were saying something so so, so, so
1: now just building on what uh, what alpna said about ahankar being mind body i think one explanation that i was hearing uh, was that it's really that we think the mind body that we are that we mistakenly think we are is doing everything whereas you know we need to recognize that there is a force which is kind of you know, involved in all the actions or all the outcomes, which is beyond your control. And that's kind of the ultimate consciousness. So in a, in a way, sort of looking at ahankar as something which we attribute to this mind body, but it is not not so. So it's a slightly different way to, to think about it.
0: So, so let's, let's go back to the original question that VP and Shanta were asking, right? And I want to tie this entire discussion to what VP and uh, Shanta were asking. So the question VP was saying, okay, you know, but I'm not able to see myself uh, getting away. I'm kind of you know, summarizing my words and pardon me if I'm going to make a mistake in how you articulated VP. So you said that, okay, you know, then I'm not able to see uh, that you know uh, we have duties and we can't come out of that and we have to keep doing it. That's one thing. And second thing, Shanta, what you said was, Okay. Hey, but I, I don't know. I, I don't experience that. Right. So you no, know, if you think about the whole thing, the way that, the way that, uh, uh, we are discussing here is that there is some sort of a, a preparation that we will have to keep doing okay, if, to reach that stage. And why is that? That's because at this point of time, a certain identification of our in true nature, has gotten either with the body or with the mind, which is the hankara, like what in Alpana's definition, right? That that has happened to us, whether we like it or not. It has happened to us. And because it has happened to us, we have to experience those things, right? And the only way of doing, doing that thing is intellectually taking yourself a step back, but still being involved in those things and letting go of the benefits of the results of that particular work, saying that I am not the doer. To go back to Krishna's point. Ahankara. Yes, you understand. Yes, I am doing this. I think I am doing this. But if at the moment I let go of the fruits of action of what I'm doing, okay, then suddenly that aham drops. Okay, you're still a kara, you keep doing that. Aham drops. That's one way of looking at it. The that's the karma yoga path, right? The bhakti yoga path is oh man, I just don't understand this. I am involved in this particular, I have to keep doing this. But looks like there is somebody else. Who is that quote unquote perfect but that's not me at this point of time so there's a difference between that perfect entity and me i i will pray to that entity to give me that strength and confidence to get rid of what i don't think i am and then become that that's the bhakti yoga path do you see the you know how beautifully swamiji connects from uh from the first chapter all the way and you know putting together the whole thing and there's a deliberate reason why it, Gita has been sequenced in this fashion because unless we go through this entire uh, way, the way it is that the, the churning in our mind doesn't happen saying that all these karma yoga, bhakti yoga, jnana yoga, although they seem like three or four different paths, they're actually one, right? And that one is happening in the mind. Everything is in the mind. And each one of us are built differently because each one of us built differently. The emphasis what we would lay on what spiritual practice we will take will change. Please understand. That's the difference. For some of us, it may be that I have to get rid of my hankara because Aham is very strong in me. Therefore, I'm going to let go of all the fruits of work. For somebody else to say, I am too small. There is somebody who is much greater, okay, who's called God. So I'll pray to him to get rid of me, that hankara buddhi and get there. Right. So it's, it's, it's so many different ways that you can get there. But all I'm saying is that, you know, Gita is a practical manual. If you want to know what is the practical manual that we have to experience put together in our quote unquote life that we do just follow the Gita to the word in the spirit. And we are done. We don't have to do anything. Every day we'll be smiling irrespective of what happens in our life.
5: So, um, you know, uh, in the spirit of inquiry, right? I I, uh, I just kept asking why again and again, right? So why are we doing this? If you also think about that, right? Like, why are we discussing Gita or why are we doing? What is the uh, Upanishad trying to get us to? Right? Why? Um, finally, it came down to this for me at least. It is to calm the mind. Um, It is to get the mind to a certain state, right, which can be defined as, you know, I think, uh, even in the Gita, they define this in various ways, right, different adjectives are used, whether it's uh, citta Prajna or um, just a state of uh, equanimity and equilibrium, you're no longer drawn in one direction or the other, You, you are stable in a certain place, you're centered, right, so Finally, it seems to me that that is the goal, and once you reach there, and it's it's not reaching there. Once that starts to um, the amount of calmness, the 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 stability and the equilibrium, the equanimity keeps increasing. It, that itself is just enlightenment, right? And at some point, you might c- call that state enlightened. But to me, it's like um, we can start. Um, by just seeing that, as as more and uh, as we um, end up being more and more calm and at ease and in equilibrium, th- that itself is a is an awesome goal to have in life, right? In general, so uh, I was struggling to see what how to point that out because there is we always hear about moksha as the aim, but as uh, Vivek was pointing out, we may or may not reach there, and we cannot in its, uh, you know in the in the sense that. Um, uh, as how it's explained in the book, right? We may not be those enlightened uh, persons, but then we would have reached somewhere in between. And I was, I was calling it X percent happier in my uh, presentation, but basically saying that if you have already reached this point where you are able to stay calm at peace, no matter what is happening around you, to me, that itself is a phenomenal um, place to be, right? No matter what is happening around you, you are centered you are equanimous right and you are not being constantly pulled in different directions you are able to see okay if things happen it's good if they don't happen it's okay it's still good right so if you are able to stay in that spot no matter what happens around you to me that is 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 the place that's pretty much it right so when i asked why 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 all these different things are pointing to take us to that part and where, where is that happening right is it in the body no it's actually in the mind, right? That stability, the the sthita prajna that we are talking about, that is happening in the mind. So if we have to change the mind or in terms of looking at it from a different perspective, then what do we act on? We should be acting on the mind itself, right? So all these practices are then using the mind to actually change the mind, right? I mean, we are using the mind to actually get the mind to see things from a different perspective, right? So it it, it then becomes the tool as well as the the final, uh, the product is also that, right? So in a way it is a little meta uh, in that that way, if you look at it, but we have to act at the level of mind, but we cannot go to the mind directly um, and act on it. If there are so many other distractions around us when I say distractions, I mean because the mind is get, is used to getting pulled out into the um, by the sense organs, and that's where initially, at least, it needs to uh, turn turn back and take a U turn towards inward, and that's the whole process, right? So if if you think about it, I, I, it's finally about getting the mind to be at ease, and that's probably what yoga is trying to say by saying when, um, when, you know, your chitta vritti nirodaha and the next word, the next verse is tada drishte swarupe avastanam right? So I'm not saying it correctly, but, but essentially it comes down to then you are established in your true nature. That's the next verse of this. When the mind becomes still, you are established in your true nature. I mean, so, and what is the true nature? It needs to be the state of equilibrium. That, I mean, that has to be the true nature. There's no other. I mean, that is nature, right? Everything settles down when it's in equilibrium. So we need to get there. That's uh, we need to find that equilibrium.
0: So uh, maybe you know we'll just take a pause and uh, you know just get back to BP and Shanta. You know this this 45 minutes of discussion that we had did did it help to get some sort of a direction into some of the ans- answers that you guys were looking for or uh... Do we need to follow? I think
7: so I think so so let's do the meditation and we know that observing the breath and other things uh, we that we are able to practically do it but it will at someday calm the mind but one question I have is sometimes when you read these texts you go Google one word because you don't understand what it means then you still don't understand you keep doing that and then you say like I'm wasting time okay let me go back that is still okay right that uh, absolutely that
0: is, that's absolutely that's
7: not like that is not that doesn't mean that my mind is not calm that is still an inquiry process which which we still continue i, I i'm not able to control that
0: yes uh, you're right absolutely only thing is i would request You know, Google is probably not a very good master. You might have to listen to some real masters like, you know, Swami Paramarpananda. Well,
7: that too. But that I cannot search in which topic he's talking about that. So the the,
0: the, the cure for that is very, very simple. You know, this is where I got to struggle, Shanta, trust me. And here is what I learned. What I learned is that, you know, if you look for, let's say that there is something that we don't understand. If you go look for that particular thing at, at the initial stages, or at some stage in our journey, then it becomes really hard. But if you go through a complete process, okay, okay. start from let's say I'm going to reset everything. And then mm-hmm. say, I'm going to start from here and complete one thing. Let's take Bhagavad Gita or let's take Aparokshanabhuti or Dhritashiv, Dr- Dr- whatever. You say that I'm going to start from beginning to end and follow one person. And the way that they are articulating it, let me understand it, right? The moment you do okay. that, the base gets created for, for us. And when the base gets created, kind of diversions will start reducing i still google I still google and look for lots of uh, words and understand the meaning I no longer rely on it especially things like you know sanskrit words translated english i just mm-hmm. want to take those words in true me true in the way that it's expressed in english anymore yeah me verbal delusion that's what i'm trying to do okay And I strongly recommend all of us, you know, coming from the Indian background, right? Please do not listen to any of these things, especially if possible, in English. Listen to in your vernacular, okay? And you will really enjoy it when you listen in, in the vernacular, Telugu, Tamil. There are so many beautiful discourses in Telugu, Tamil, Hindi. You know, just listen to listen to it in that, and then you'll get the nuances of what exactly are these masters saying.
1: So I haven't heard anything uh, in Hindi. Uh, so I, Rajesh, you or Alpana, if, if there's any sort of uh, place you could kind of uh, point us to, that will be helpful. Alpana will definitely do that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't listen to it in, in Hindi.
6: Yeah, initially yeah, no, I, I listen to everything in Hindi. I think Swami... So because of that particular reason, I was hesitant listening to anyone in English. But then I listened to Swami Nandaji and... Um, in fact, he adds uh, Bengali in between, so that helps. Yes,
1: me. he does that. Oh, he does that indeed, indeed. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, but yeah, I mean, he uses a lot of lot of uh, Sanskrit words, and you know, he just, you know, he's he's he, he tries to go to the source, as yeah. does uh, Swami Ji also. That's right. But I'm I'm just thinking that if there's something which isn't just pure, chaste Hindi, that might be
0: a different. Yeah, I have few which I can share. Yeah, and w- one yeah. other one other request, right? Please do not read. Please listen. That's very important because when you listen, right, the way that people emphasize on some words will indicate to you will keep on changing your mind subtly. What is really important for us to follow?
9: I love what you said, Rajesh. You know, I can't read for nuts, so when you say don't read, it's very very comforting. I will go <laughs> look at things that I can. <laughs> I, I I will caveat
5: it with one thing. Uh, I found it very uh nice to read let's say one or two verses in the night before i go to sleep so yeah. <laughs> that part uh, i i do have the books right next to me so that that part is good i mean but you're reading purely for the sake of understanding the whole thing no i i wouldn't do that
9: yeah. no but i completely agree that listening to them really emphasize on certain things how do they pronounce how do they break the words i think that uh, has a much better comprehension and by the way, Rajesh, if you have any suggestions
0: in Telugu too, I would be very happy to know. I will, uh, I will uh, look it up definitely. I know, I, I know there are a couple of uh, uh, people who do it in Telugu, but uh, it's been a long time i have listened to it in Telugu. But I will share something with you. Sure. Thank you. All right. I think we probably did not divert uh, digress a lot, uh, and uh, uh, you know, we got Shanta's feedback, but uh, VP, you're still on mute. So if you have said something, we did not hear.
4: No, no, I, I
3: didn't say anything. Uh, um, I, I I think um, I would just say that as Rajiv has once told me, that you know we are sort of in three stages, right? <laughs> believing, knowing, and being. And my only point is that as far as I am concerned, uh, I am in that believing stage, going to the knowing stage. And what you were describing to me, uh, felt like that you have to be in that quote-unquote being stage and, and and till you get there uh, it becomes very difficult to internalize it and start behaving in that manner and that's what you know my whole point was yep. so what what everyone has said i completely agree with that it is just that you you can't uh, it's, it's not easy to step away from that till you get to that stage
0: in fact, I, in fact, VP, you know, uh, I uh, want to, uh, you know, probably share once again a conversation that I had with Swami Paramatmananda right? When I met him recently, you know, how many of you guys have read this book by The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale? I've shared this, uh, <laughs> I've, I've discussed this with you. That before. that book was, that book was
3: given to us. I think I also got a copy, <laughs> right, uh, way back after
0: uh, finishing high school
6: but yeah. never read it <laughs> <laughs> no i so, actually read it
0: <laughs> you know here is what i suggest right when you when you have a moment just just browse through what exactly the book covers right the power of positive thinking says that you can get out i mean the summary of this book expressed in my own words is like this right you know if you think that you want to get something you have to keep thinking about that constantly mm-hmm. And, you know, to the extent that, you know, he talks about one uh, entrepreneur which stuck in my, my mind is that, you know, the guy wanted to do a, a million dollar business or something, right? So on the ceiling, they, they uh, he sticks up, okay, one million dollars every day. Every day in the morning when he wakes up, he looks at one million dollars, right? And he keeps, you know, uh, eating the mind to himself, saying that I have to do this, I have to do this, right? Now this is used, the, the book, ta- the principle, what the book talks about it is, you can achieve what you want to achieve, right? So things that seemingly, that seem to be impossible for us to achieve, you know, you can achieve it by keep on constantly thinking about it and mulling it over it because the mind keeps uh, uh, changing itself to achieve that. So I went to Swami and I asked him, Swamiji, is all this Vedanta and all that you're talking about, is it like power of positive thinking? Then, uh, you know, I was very shocked when I learned that Swamiji read that book, okay? So he says, in a way, yes, it is like power of positive thinking, but there's a big difference. The reality what the power of positive thinking talks about is actually the reality which is not really true. The reality of what we are saying in Vedanta is real. He said that's the only big difference. He says that you are that happiness, you are that peace, you are that that you know that 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 being who can never be anything else other than that, and that is what we are saying. So it is positive thinking. But the knowing end goal, that is a real thing. That's all you told me. That's good enough for me.
6: Actually, Rajesh, I want to add there as well. Yeah, I was hesitating and not saying anything when you know some of you mentioned we may not get enlightenment this, in this life. No, we never start with that. We are already enlightened. That is where we start from. And, uh, and uh, because as you rightly said, it is our real nature. How why is it impossible in this world? This so that's what even my Guruji keeps saying: that never ever think. You are enlightened. So why will you not get it in this life? So don't think like that at least. So I've stopped just saying that. Okay, I will not get it this in this yeah. lifetime.
0: Yeah. And if, if you guys recall, you know, I, I put up one slide uh, in my uh, presentation for Princeton, where I I have this I, I have this you know artificial prosthetic hand of a person right. So my story, in, when I want to when I want to talk about that slide was like this: Think about an artificially intelligent prosthetic, okay, which is holding a phone in its, in its hand, and now suddenly it is so intelligent that it tells me to take a bat because it saw someone that they want to go and whack that person. Now if I if I throw the phone away and take the bat and want to whack it. Am I going to, you know, am I going to get into trouble or not? Am I mean, so if I why why should I live the life of a prosthetic arm? I should live my own life, which is my true nature. What is my true nature? My true nature is that. And if I re- if I'm not living my true nature, then I have to change the way that I'm living. Get rid of the prosthetic arm. Um,
5: VP, uh, just one point um, related to what you mentioned. So. It seems, maybe I'm wrong here, it seems like uh, in you're, you're saying that uh, what was happening in your life, right, that goes on in one track, and everything else is another track. It, it seemed like that to me when you mentioned it, uh, if I've assumed it wrong, I mean, um, my point being, don't look at it that way, it's, it is the same thing, right? I mean, it's, we are, it, it is not a separate one, as in what we are doing now, and uh, I think what we learn in Bhagavad Gita is, needs to be embedded in what is going on in our life, not as a separate track. I just wanted to mention it. Uh, it seemed like that when you mentioned it.
3: Well, I would say you know, they, will, they will become integrated at some point. But again, uh, you know, um, it's a journey. I, I think it, you have to let it seep into your system and gradually, you start integrating in your life, but you know it's um, for example, right, in your transactional world, right, you will behave some with someone who's let's say being unfair to you in a transaction in a in a business situation, let's say you're not going to get, start telling him about Gita gaga, otherwise they will laugh no no yeah um, and, and so that's what I'm trying to say, but at the same time you because you are studying Gita and you are trying to inculcate those uh, points in your daily life you are not going to get agitated because they are being unreasonable you are just going to say well I let let's just take a time out or do something else and and you will move away from that situation though, so that it doesn't escalate into a, a you know verbal uh, fight or a real fight so so what I'm what, what I'm trying to say is that to me it's, we, at least I feel that it's very early to be able to step away from it completely and look at this circle of lives and deaths as very dispassionately uh, that, that was my only point you know and right. and right and and I agree with what everyone is saying it's just that it takes time to internalize it and be right. uh, start practicing it right on a, on a regular so, basis.
5: You know, I agree, but here, here, is a, here is something that helped me. I, I went through this, uh, um, a, a, exactly what you're saying, uh, VP. So the perspective change that helped me is by looking at whatever is happening in your life, good, bad, whatever it may be, as, um, as your playground, right? To actually um, work on this, right? So everything that's happening, use it as an opportunity. Use it as an opportunity to take up any any of these, whether it's qualities or karma yoga or practicing any of these things. So obviously, we need to know what those things are, and that's what we are doing here, whether it's through Gita and otherwise. But, um, and and then use everything that's happening as an opportunity to for it to come together, the knowledge and the practice to come together, right? Uh, at the level of mind. So that changed everything. So which is that now... Let it come, right? Uh, Previously, what used to be anxiety, what is anxiety? If you think about it, anxiety is a fear of the unknown to some extent, right? So uh, when you're no longer anxious because let whatever be the case, let it happen because I'm going to use it as an opportunity to get better, then there is no anxiety because you're now willing to accept both sides. And now slowly acceptance dawns. Which is nothing but karma yoga. Again, so, so it finally comes down comes down to this, right? But the point being, we can integrate it. Really, I mean, it has to. There is no other way. I think the teachings and the and life has to be and transactional life has to be integrated. Life can be used as a as a test bed, as a playground for assimilating this knowledge into into us. There is no other way, and that's why even in karma yoga they say it's through work, through karma action that you get karma yoga, right? There is no other way. Inaction is not an option, right? For most of us.
3: Completely agree, uh, Kishore. I, I, I was just trying to point out that it's a process which is slow for me. Uh, no, no, it, no, it's slow for everybody. Uh, Rajesh, <laughs> I'm,
5: I'm not, uh, 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 I, I'm not, i uh, um, Making it look um, like it's simple. But I'm just saying that we can use whatever opportunities that come through, right? Uh, sure. Let us let it come. Let it come. And so, okay, somebody insults you, that is an opportunity to see, can I not get angry? Right? That is an opportunity.
0: Uh, and so on, right? All these small things can be done. So this part of the last discussion, Kishore, the way you beautifully articulated it, is actually, uh, you know, I like the word that you used, right? Saying that everything is like a play field, right? Now, play field, it, going back to chapter 16 of Swami D's book, is kshetra, right? So he says that everything is kshetra, you know, you play around with it. And when he says it's kshetra, what he says is the entire universe and your body is kshetra. Okay? So you you say okay you play around so it is a ground that is given to you for the, the the person the indweller in it who for whatever reasons has identified itself with the mind with the mind now use that as an opportunity to disassociate yourself from the mind and body that's exactly what he's saying and how do you do that and then he the in the in the, in the chapter that we read previously for the last week he says that unless and until you want to you, you begin with starting with some of things that you need to start developing as the base qualities, it's very difficult for you to develop, to go ahead. So you, your example about anxiety is quite simply, you know, saying that, you know, develop equanimity in all kind of, uh, uh, you know, all kind of situations. Samatva is what you need to develop as one of the qualities that you need to do. Right now, the next chapter, what we're talking about, chapter 17, is saying, okay, all these things is happening in our mind. The question is, why is it happening in our mind? Then he talks about the three gunas, right? Says says sattva, rajas, tamas, that happens in our mind. Because of which, because of multiple combination of these three qualities, there are, you know, maybe gazillion uh, combinations of, this quantity of these uh, 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 gunas. Just as, you know, just with RGB and different gradations of RGB, you can have different screens. There are so many combinations that can happen in our mind because of which the mind is diverted. The mind thinks differently. The, each mind difference experiences something else. But if we are grounded in the fact that you know we are we are the Kshetrajna who has this play field to experience this world, then it's very easy to move back. And we have to use every experience to correct it.
4: If 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 I may very quickly I mean to to, to VP's point, which I think is, uh, has quite a, quite a deep meaning, um, this, this quest for knowledge and to get, you know, as you, as you put it, from believing to knowing to being, is, is actually a bit like the game of golf. Uh, now, I, I can imagine not many people know golf over here, but golf is one of the few sports in which you're actually scored against your own best performance. A person wins by beating their own best score, so it's not against other people. So everybody's playing at their own speed, and the winner is always who does better than their handicap. That's what it's called, which everybody would have heard of. And and I find that very analogous with this discussion here, in that you know we are all moving at our own speed, um, and and. At, to the extent it's it's a competition of some sort. We are competing against our own
0: best selves rather than somebody else. Vivek, you said it very well. In fact, Kishore and me and uh, Krishna, we were talking about this. Do you know, can anyone def- can of us define moksha for that, for that reason? And just dovetailing to your answer, okay, to, to your beautiful observation about golf and handicap. You know, uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a moot question. I was not expecting an answer. So the point is, there's no definition of moksha, because you know if somebody says this is moksha, you can always say that is not what, what moksha is, because moksha is that state, that is our handicap that we no longer experience. And what our handicap only we know. If I'm going to be scared of snakes, then moksha for me is not being scared of snakes. So when you when you when you do sigma of all the beings, living beings in this universe, and then say, okay, now you define moksha for everyone. That sigma is the real moksha, right? And that's the Paramatman.
6: Yeah, I was about to say and realize that it is not a snake, it was a rope. <laughs> And that is as simple
0: as Moksha is. <laughs> you know, uh, after some time, Alpana, uh, you know, uh, just uh, jokingly, right? I keep, I, keep, uh, uh, I used to call m- my parents quite regularly and chat with them. And, uh, you know, in, in the initial, it's been about six 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 and a half years that I've been living in the US now. And initial conversations used to be you know, all about, okay, how are you doing? How's your health and all that stuff. And they'll ask me about, Thing. These days, the last few, uh, few uh, maybe last two three years, the conversations with my parents have changed. Okay, we started started using examples which are in Vedanta, right? You know, um, uh, my uh, my mom's my mom's my mom says, you know, I cook this and I cook that, and my dad immediately says, you know, Annamaya focusing on Annamaya Kosha and focusing on Pranamaya Kosha. Prana, <laughs> they no longer say, you know. <laughs> They no longer saying, you know, I cook this tasty dish and all that. <laughs> you are you are treating your annamaya kosha, you are treating your pranamaya kosha. I was laughing at that. <laughs>
9: Absolutely. A confession: I used the snake and rope example yesterday with my twelve-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so not just with parents, Radhesh. I think these examples are so much getting ingrained, and then immediately I took a step back. You know, it, it does seem very simple. But am I really communicating the right uh, thing to the kids? So I had to change the course, and not that I understand that completely myself, but the, it, it's on the mind all the time.
0: Yeah, but but that's the that's the beautiful thing. I will tell you, the reason why it's like pickle, you know, the, the more that knowledge gets soaked in, the pickle is more tastier. All right, there were a lot of people who were on mute, and maybe I think we should just pause back and. You know, figure out if uh, uh, the others who were on mute so far. I'm trying to see how I can go in alphabetical order. I can't make out. <laughs> Start with probably uh, uh, Rajiv. I can't make out any alphabetical order. Right?
2: Yeah.
0: Any comments? Different opinion? Different feedback?
10: Okay. No, I think. Uh... See, my belief is, uh, because it's a very extensive topic and I think we spent good amount of time and I think any amount of time spent on this is worth it. See, uh, you know, this uh, paradigm of uh, believing, knowing and being. My only concern sometimes is because, you know, uh, is that we should not create any kind of a delusional mindset. I am Brahma. I am enlightened. Jagat Mithya hai mind-body exist. I just sometimes worry, you know, because having read a lot about meditation and its uh, negative effects and, you know, how it can make you mad, you know, <laughs> sorry to use this very strong language, but I just feel that, you know, suppose you have, you're doing all that and you're still in the, you know, believing to knowing paradigm that yoga, whatever you're doing and you have an excruciating pain. Okay any kind of unbearable pain. At that time, if you say, look, I'm not the mind, I'm not the body, I'm beyond that, it'll not go to alleviate the, you know, and you'll still say, jaan yaar, marne so, you know, I'm saying, that I don't know, enlightened people, ko nahi hota ho utna pain. so, when, and I'm saying, when it is in a tolerable range, you know, and to Kishore's point, that that philosophy, what Kishore is saying, I 100% subscribe to. Not getting angry, not getting agitated, you know, a rebel looking for a cause, you know, I've had some of the worst and the best bosses, you know, some of the bosses are rebel looking for a cause, you know, so they're just, you know, wind blowing in their head, you know, can also get them angry. So I think, you know, trying to evolve, uh, but that still, I would say is at a human plane, you know, what we discussed in chapter 16, what I was saying. That's what the doctor prescribed, you know, for a leader. You know, it's jaldi agitate, you know, don't try to, you know, shake the whole earth because you're in a leadership position, because something has happened. So that part I will still say is more at a evolved human being plane. But you know what the example you gave about uh, you know, I'm not the or we've been talking about getting out of that spiral. I'm saying at best, it can be an intellectual construct that. The world is mithya because I don't know what is unmithya. I don't know what is real. That's the only world I know, right? I mean, unless uh, Krishna comes and gives me Divya Dhrishti, I don't know any other world, right? So I have to live with this world. And yes, I can believe, you know, from experience that, you know, seeing the richest and seeing the famous and, you know, with Sushant Singh Rajput, now more of, uh, you know, the People who have everything are taking drugs. So yes, you know, you know, over a period of time that, when I seen people, you know, in different uh, walks of life at material level have done well, but I'm still happy. That part, part still I can you know you know adjust to. But uh, the fact that you ha- it is very much in your realization, in your being, in your everyday experience that I am Brahma, I am my, I'm not the mind, I'm not the body. I think that happens only over a period of time. I don't know whether. It happens at enlightenment stage, a little bit before that, or it's a it's a journey of uh, you know slowly that uh, you know attachment to the material things slowly going down and the other curve going up. That I can still reconcile with. So my point is only that you know for me to live with the you know thing that uh, I am enlightened, I am Brahma. Uh, you know can at, at best be an intellectual thing. But I don't think it is still in, you know, at least my experience, you know, that that's my only point. Sorry, we're still belaboring on that issue. We didn't go to chapter 17, but that's what uh, my thing is. And again, at the end, I would say I really worry worry about delusion because, uh, you know, I have seen megalomaniacs from very close quarters. You know, I will change and, you know, I will And, you know, so I've seen people, you know, Actually, they go mad literally, you know, but of course they are in good positions, you know. I worry about megalomania, I worry about you know thinking bigger than yourself. And I also worry about you know, ego should not, you know, that sly and stealthy thief should not come and sit inside. So this is my point, you know. (laughs) And that I'll end here.
0: No, very beautifully said i agree with you and i think i think that's where uh, that's where i think I, when i look for guidance in uh, it says that what we know is the world that's why the you know gita and upanishads take 99 99%, 99.9% of the words what they used to express to describe the world and to explain how to live in the world it's only Tattva masi, one one thing in one thing in the entire thing the rest all is about the world. so if we think approach the whole problem with exactly, Rajiv, your attitude, what you expressed just now, right, saying that this is a play field and I'm going to use this, okay, to remove what it is, to really understand what it is, okay. I think that is probably the right approach, which I also feel is the right thing to do because that's when you will not kind of, you know, uh, get get that uh, quote-unquote delusional image about yourself, but you are not, not that, as
8: it. Really Thank you, put, Rajesh. Very uh, really nicely put, Rajesh. Yeah. You know, on a, on, a, on a lighter note, you know, I was trying to, uh, you know, I was having some discussion with my wife, and I was trying to explain something about that, you know, or you know, I am that, and so on. So, uh, I think something got lost in the translation. It said are you, are you, do you mean to say, are you God? <laughs> so <I> said, no. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't laughs> back, so yeah, so that uh, that confusion is there. So but so coming back, you know, um, I think we are all in the journey, and I you know, I would uh, the kind of questions that VP and Shanta put at the beginning of the call uh, were, were so relevant for people like us who are in the early stages of the thing. But I think you know, I only keep looking at it from a relative basis that you know, beginning of twenty twenty, you know, to now. Have I moved the needle, you know? And you can use any needle, like, you know, even simple things like it, that have, that Kishore talks about. So in any of those things, I think the move, needle is moving on the right direction, maybe slow, but it is on the right direction. So that's how I see myself. Yeah.
0: That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing.
1: Yeah. So Just, just one thought uh, that I wanted to sort of uh, share, at least the way I've been sort of, my, my mind has been sort of evolving. I mean, to begin with, uh, you know, it was a bit simplistic in the sense that, you know, uh, it's all about uh, knowledge of uh, of the self, right? And, uh, you know, so you kind of say, look, I know who am I in a way, sort of, you kind of, abstract, in an abstract theoretical way, you kind of say, look, I know who I am now, right? Because uh, all the kind of pointers are in that direction and we've heard and read a lot of stuff now. But uh, there was one sort of... Um, one one sort of commentary that uh, Swami Paramatmananda Ji kind of uh, articulates very nicely. And he lays out five steps, right, in this whole sort of jnana journey. And he starts with Karma Yoga, which he refers to as Malaha Nivritti. Malaha being impurities of the mind, right? Then he talks about Upasana Yoga, which is uh, the whole meditation piece, which is vikshepa Nivritti, so basically settling down the mind. And then he goes to the shravana, manana, nidhyasana, shravana being Agyana nivritti, manana being samshya nivritti, which is doubt. And then you have nid- nidhyasana. Where I feel I am in this journey is that I understand the jnana, jnana difference theoretically, right? Uh, at an abstract level. I think a lot of the Samshayas and the doubts are going away as well, which is part of the whole sort of Gita conversation. But what I'm thinking now increasingly is going back to sort of the first two steps, which is malahanivritti and the vikshepanivritti, which is where I guess it comes back down down to those 20 uh, traits, attributes, whatever you want to call it. Because, uh, and so yeah, it's kind of the whole sort of thing which was, which started in my mind as a very theoretical sort of approach Uh, is now turning into saying, what do I need to do differently? How do I need to change myself to be in a position where hopefully I can get, as Alpana will tell me, I should have that as a strong goal today. But at some point, I should get to that sort of final goal of Khyana. So it's a bit sort of uh, loopy. I mean, you kind of go forward and you say, well, actually, I've missed a couple of steps. So you go back and forth. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a nice framework in my sort of mind, but at least it's telling me where do I need to focus on to get to that final point. Uh,
0: very well, very well put uh, Ajay. And I think uh, that is really, really nice. Uh, you know, it reminds me, you know, they had, the, they had this, uh, in, when we listen to audio, they have this infinite loops, right? You can listen yeah. to thing again and again. I think the chapter 1 to chapter 8, we had to keep repeating every day in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and i'm loving
1: the chapters the, the 13th and the 14th of the actual gita for that reason because it is now getting us getting me at least to a point where it's getting to sort sort some sort of a root cause or saying okay this if you have to focus on the basics before you kind of think about getting to the other end
8: yeah yeah
1: so Ajay,
5: when you, when you said it, it reminded me exactly of how, uh, of my, of how I, what I experienced. <laughs> so it, it's pretty much the same. Um, initially, it seemed like, okay, I, I want to learn more. I want to read more. I want to listen to more and more things. And then as I listened, it became anticlimactic. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Everyone is just saying the same thing. Wait a minute. I thought there must be more. And there wasn't anything more, right? It was just sattva Masi yeah. and That was it in different ways they come at it from a completely different way and just drop you in the same spot and it's like wait a minute i thought i took a different bus trying to go to a different <laughs> destination but they just dropped me in the same place right so it, it and then i said okay you know what I, i'm not going to read or listen more and more things because uh, th- that seemed to be futile and then i went back to where, where what you explained it's like okay now i need to do something in my transactional life so what is that and let's go back to that. And
1: uh, that particular journey took me to yoga. <laughs> in, 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 in fact, your in fact your presentation, which was like what three four weeks three four weeks three weeks back, was just at the right time because I was at the point where I was like, I get all of this. Why are we even having this conversation? You know, it's not that complicated. <laughs> and then you kind of get to the root cause and say, Well, actually, I'm like really far behind this journey. I need to kind of go back five <laughs> so it's, steps. It's like, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like you you kind of know. Okay,
5: yeah, let that be there because you. There is nothing more to kind of know because intellectually you know it. Yes. Right. The the bigger part is assimilation, which is not. It is going to take a a, a different type of a journey to assimilate in in many ways. So then you come back to this, and then I said, okay, I'm going to just focus on the on this part of it, and that's where I started asking um why, and um, then I realized in the initial part again, it seems like the the aim is to get to a calm, a stable, uh, um, um, equanimous mind. I think that became then the goal, right? And then you start to fill in, how do you get to that?
1: Um, And then everything just, uh, I think, falls through correctly. Yeah, in fact, I'm kind of, you know, the whole sadhana sadhana chatushtaya, the yama niyamas of the Patanjali yoga sutras, and then these yeah. 20 um, these qualities, yeah. uh, jnanam, jnanam sort of qualities, right? Perfect. I mean, they're all interlinked, obviously, mm-hmm. but yes. I'm yeah. kind of inclined and if the group agrees. I think just <clears throat> spending time on each of these uh, <laughs> attributes has a lot of value. So for example, you know, Alpna brought up this this kind of topic of uh, the definition of ankara, right? And I think anahankara is one of the qualities. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just understanding each of these individual sort of yeah. you know traits or qualities is absolutely right. paramount because we all have a slightly nuanced or you know overlapping yeah. understanding of these things and i think I just spending time on this probably is going to be worth uh, worth it for the group if can agree i i i think rajesh you
0: pointed out last time i agree with you, he, he I to, I agree yeah. with you because I, I i knew that we will get to the stage because you know um, you know i've also been through this entire journey right and it's, it's the same thing so we will have to go through this um, but I'm, I'm conscious of the time so we we'll probably spend, take the next week to do that i'm conscious of the time we have five minutes and we we don't we did not hear mahesh and manu speak so we want to and krishna i think you you said something but mahesh and manu one of you can just you know, share what what we discussed and, uh, you know, your insights into it, please.
11: Sure. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I, um, as I'm listening to you guys, you know, talking about separating oneself from, like, the treadmill and being the observer, I almost feel like, um, is that really the end state or a state, or is it more of a technique? Because, I feel like I have been able to be a third party observer, you know, in my daily life. I I am able to separate what I'm doing with, you know, and be like, oh, you know, this person is doing this, but I still did not have, uh, it it still didn't give me anything. Like it didn't help me Uh, until now that now I'm learning about the Gita and, and, you know, understanding some of these other concepts that i feel like it's more of a technique perhaps that could help us understand or you know use this knowledge in a better way Um, because i even though i could you know do that in some way and not all the time but occasionally i did you know i was still very much not at peace and i i like what kishore said i think the goal really for me is to be at peace and to be able to still the mind. I think that's really what, um, at least for me, at least at this point in time, that's what I'm looking for, you know? So uh, so that that's what I was just thinking. Then perhaps it's a technique, perhaps it's not a state that we need to be in. I don't know, you know.
7: Manu, I thought you already found the technique by gardening. <laughs> Producing so much good <laughs> <for the> producers. <laughs>
11: Yeah, gardening is my meditation. <laughs> I will yeah. definitely say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and, you know, on, on a on a lighter note talking about, you know, uh, how we relate to uh, the rest of the family with, with what we're learning, right? The other day, my, my daughter was, uh, she had been studying chemistry all day long and at night she was like, my brain feels so tired. And I said to her, uh, I'm so happy that you realize that it's your brain that's tired and not you. <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that is nice, Madhu. Mahesh? Yeah, uh,
2: you know, it's so easy to say Brahman, I'm Brahman, Tatvamasi, and this and that. But looking at the practical aspect of it, when you teach a parrot, you know, it would say Rama, Rama, it'll say, but when you catch hold of its neck, It'll call Mara Mara, you know. So I mean, it's I mean, it's so easy to say, you know, you are Brahman, you are this, you are that. But when the real neck, when somebody puts a knife on the neck, I mean, you can't go with the saying that I'm Brahman. Please cut my neck and this and that. You know. So I mean, you cannot be aloof. So I mean, there's a I mean, there has to be intermingling or I mean, these attributes which Ajay was talking. You know. I mean, I mean, this is where the real nature of a man comes out. I mean, at least i mean if if any benefit has happened to me reading in bhagavad gita or this or that is i was fearful i mean i was fearful for everything so i mean you name it i was fearful i mean i mean as i told before also school i was fearful study memory i don't have memory i was fearful i mean you i mean, I, I, I mean everything you name it so i mean once i sat down and thought why am i fearful and when all these subjects came in then I said, okay, let me do the an next experiment and see what it is. Okay. So uh, then, uh, when you start realizing what you are, I mean, actually, the attributes come out. For me, now fearlessness is an I mean, attribute. I don't fear anything. I mean, don't uh, fear anything at all now. I mean, this is exactly opposite. I mean, this is simple because the knowledge which is there already in my mind, which slowly shows out. I mean, I, I it may not be 100% true that I may not be fearful at all. But at least I know what I was when my childhood and today, it is fearlessness is there. I can move around. I'm being in Africa. If you ask me to go around in the night, 12 o'clock, I move around. People are scared, but I'm not scared. I mean, this may be extreme, but I'm just giving an example of these attributes. These attributes can be developed by fixing our mind to the uh, base. It may not, I mean, I mean, when somebody catches our neck, I mean, at the end of the day, we may also shout Mara Mara, this sort of Rama, but at least we know, I mean, uh, the pain can be reduced uh, there, uh, is what I'm thinking of. About. And secondly, you know, the connection of Chitta uh, Vitti Niroda, which Kishore was talking about, that is again my experience, you know, I mean, when I meditate, mind is basically either in the past or in the future. So in the present it's not there. So, I mean, uh, I mean, if you, in the meditation, if we focus our mind on a particular thing, we are living in the present and that is where our true nature actually starts coming out and the attributes showing out, you know. So, uh, I mean, I would say, I mean, if we focus more on the subject, although keeping back uh, the back of the mind that we are Brahman and fixing our mind on that particular, at every instant, without going into the past or futures, all this uh, quality slowly, slowly may come out also. I mean, this is what uh, my feeling is. And that is my take in this. Uh, that's it, thank you.
0: So very beautifully explained, Mahesh. I think your example about the fear, uh, fear and fearlessness is very good. And that is also the Pratipaksha Bhavana, right? You know, you have to, you
1: have to start
0: you know, at some time or the other, start cultivating that opposite habit which, which the Gita talks about, you know, the bunch of qualities that you know we, maybe we don't even recognize that some of them we have or we don't have. But when you start, you know, like what Ajay you said, if we let's say we go through each one of them at you uh, a little bit more detail and understand what it means, mm-hmm. then maybe we'll realize oh we already have this but we are not exhibiting it to the extent that we should be exhibiting, mm-hmm. or we don't have it. That means we need to cultivate this habit. And then slowly we start introducing it like a small dosage of injection into our uh, into our system. Then we, over a period of time, we become so strong that that particular muscle in our body would have developed so much that we will start exhibiting it for
9: reality. Rajesh, I, I just wanted to narrate a small example which I started using, and thanks to Kishore and the presentation. I have this habit of overthinking. You know, I can start somewhere and I can, you know, very conveniently take the thinking process to the end of the world, right? You know, you can continue to kind of dwell over it. And I think he distinguished a different, uh, uh, clearly articulated, the thought origination itself may not be in your control, but how you engage with the thought is certainly in your control. And I literally started catching myself. Now there's a thought that came. And then I think immediately, am I'm I feeding into the thought or am I distracting? Am I going somewhere else? Or do you want to really kind of, you know, to all this? And I realized quite a many moments, I'm actually able to disengage at that point. And when I'm able to do it, That's obviously, you know, great uh, next few moments. But if I get entangled in it, uh, I can very clearly see. I mean, I I can have sleepless nights if I just go too deep into a thought. So those practical tips are also, you know, uh, the reason why I say practical is, yeah, theory is one, but actually nailing it down to where can you introduce that, he called it, you know, antidotes and stuff like that that is extremely powerful and useful for people like us who are just getting started and it's making a
0: difference. Shamala, I know that you don't like reading, but uh, if you get a chance, you should read this book, Viktor Frankl's uh, The uh, Man's Search for Meaning. He actually talks about this particular thing, okay, where, you know, whatever Kishore explained, right, there's a sponsoring thought and then there is a, a successive thought and there's a space in between and this guy this guy was one of the survivors of Nazi Nazi camp, and he uses that space to respond to external situation. The Nazi concentration camp people, and I think our situations are not as worse as what they what he faced. So I'm pretty sure we can still use that space. Sure.
5: and thanks for bringing that up. I, I I had the same I had the same problem for many years and years, um, and and uh, um, I would say I applied the same technique um, to. And that awareness that kicks in, right? So first, that awareness has to kick in, and that's the key thing, also. And then we need to know what to do. I mean, let it pass, or you know, introduce an opposite antidote. But and awareness has to kick in, right? So, um, and then why are we doing this again? So that we can stay calm. Again, if you really think about it, at the end of this, on one side if you take one path, it's going to lead to agitation, frustration, whatever, else, anger, perhaps. On the other side, it leads you to stay calm. So all of these things tend towards getting us to that state and keeping us there for as, as much as possible, as long as possible, no matter the situation.
2: So I just wanted to tell this, I mean, in terms of Bhagavad Gita itself, I found Arjuna to be, I mean, too much fearful than uh, actually fighting the war. And you know? so, I mean, for me, whole of Bhagavad Gita is a class of uh, fearlessness. And even somewhere I was reading, you know, uh, where uh, Janaka got enlightened, and Janaka, somebody, I mean, the Rishi uh, says that you have actually attained fearlessness. You know, so I mean, I mean, there are some examples like this. You know, so from there I got to know that I mean, I mean, I uh, mean. I mean, it's a different take of Bhagavad Gita. From there, I got to know that when you fix your mind on uh, Brahman, although it is so difficult to do that, but at least slowly, slowly, the attributes start coming out by its own. I mean, it may be uh, subtle, it may be gross, but slowly, slowly, it does come. And uh, I mean, I, I mean, but settling down on the thought process is more important. Uh, is what I feel at the moment, and meditation can really help us in this.
0: 7.36, doing a time check. And uh, I also have a long drive to go to Davis today to see my daughter. So uh, should we um, should we continue to remain on these two chapters, 16 and 17 of Swami Dee's book? But to Ajay's point, shift the emphasis of our discussion to understand a little bit about those qualities, what they talk about in chapter 16 of this particular book in the next GD. What do you guys think? Yeah. I would like that, yeah. Okay, but you know, you know, there is one problem that I face. Okay, the problem is a complete silence in the WhatsApp group um, with respect to what we're going to discuss in the in, in the next uh, GD is not going to work. It's not helping anybody. We don't know what is happening with each one of us, right? And if if you're uh, if you if you're comfortable you know, please start sharing when you start reading or thinking about, you know, how you feel, you know, you may have a different point of view. You may think that, you know, it may be the right or wrong, you know, nobody cares. At the end of the day, you know, it's, think of think of the group as a mirror for each one of us, okay? We are only trying to uh, resolve, if I have a doubt, I'm coming to, to, to the group to get something resolved, right? So if we start the discussion, then I think it'll get more productive. Otherwise, I can tell you, and I'm really good at diverting the discussion to what I want to do, okay? And I don't want that. Yep. I hope uh, the radio is okay. acceptance to what I suggest. No, that's good. No, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. And one last uh, one last thing. I think um, uh, you know maybe with with your with all the group's permission. I think we probably have learned Purnam Adhav, Purnamidam pretty well now we probably will have to request alpana we'll have to find another shanti mantra that we will have to you'll we'll have to you know help us out learn from next week onwards so but today we will close it with this shanti mantra but we will switch to another shanti, closing shanti mantra from next week onwards if that's okay with everyone yes yeah. all right yeah. over to you alpana
6: yeah we can go to om bhadram Karnevi shanyam deva so i'll share that one
0: yeah. with the meeting thank you in fact, I was I was listening to Taittiriya Upanishad, and that's exactly what I wanted you to say, and
6: you said that. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Om Shanti Shanti Shanti, Shanti, Shanti Hare Om Tat Sat Hare Krishna
0: Om
11: Hare Om
0: Have a great Sunday and uh, see you all
9: next week. Hare Om Thank you. Bye. Bye.